Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yes, it's the optimistic day. You started optimistic, like literally 30 seconds before you called. I was just informed that I I messed up the edit on something. So now I got to do this podcast with, with a broken podcast out there. Oh, that, but you want to go do it? You want to go do it and, and come back? No, this is going to be an exercise in mindfulness. Okay. All right. And, um, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> I hate, I, I know that feeling. That's not a good feeling. It's the worst. So, it's like you, you know. get your fly down and, and you're up on stage and there's nothing you can do about it because if you adjust your fly while you're on stage, oh. everybody will see that you've adjusted your fly and that it was down. But this way, That's maybe right. only a few people know that it's They down. call it a tell. A tell. Anyway, I want to say thanks to Marine Lair for getting uh, two uh, ad spots in Roderick on the Line. And I'd like to apologize to Squarespace oh. for getting none. <laughs> wow. Drag and drop, drag and drop. It makes it easy to screw things up. <laughs> and you know, here's the thing about me. Here's the thing about me, Dan. Here's the thing to know about me. Yeah, I want to know some things. I'm going to say two things about me because there's always okay. two things. Hold on, let me get my pen. All right, you ready? Okay, I'm okay. ready. So here's, here's, here's thing the first. Uh, thing, well, that's two and a half. I, I don't edit podcasts. Like, I don't... So there's, there's exactly one podcast where I'm responsible for taking what is recorded and turning it into something that people can listen in their ear holes, and that is the podcast Roderick on the Line. Not mm-hmm. that it matters. But what I do for that show is... I should send you a screenshot because it is comical. So what I do is I go in, I find where John says hello, and then I match that up to where the Skype bloop sound is in the yes. beginning. If no one's right. ever heard the show, this will be confusing. But And then we talk for a while, and then at some point, uh, I found a point where, where one of us says something funny, and I do this. And then at that point, you hear, <coughs> John clears his voice, and then there's an ad spot, and at the end he goes, <coughs> and then it comes back into the show. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, here's the edits in the show. Edit number one is, this is where John started talking. Edit number two is an ad. And then when the ad ends. Yeah. Another edit is the second ad, if there's a second ad. And then at the end, you hear, <laughs> and then you hear, Doo! you hear the end of that song, that under yeah. this long, long winter song. And that's it. That's it. I, the worst I have to do is when John Skype dies and I've got to go, you know, find a place to, I don't edit content. I don't, I don't do that. Either. I know I, I should. Screw that. I know if I want to get acquired by Spotify, I should be editing podcasts, but I don't. Now, here's the, here's the other thing about me. The other thing about me is that I think unlike some people, because I've done such a paucity of editing and I have a standing policy of don't say anything on a podcast that you don't want to be in the show. Right. Because we're basically doing a live show. Yeah. That's, I learned that, I'll tell you, I learned, I learned that when we were doing Mac Break Weekly 116 years ago. And it has stood me well, which is I never, I try to never say anything on a show that I don't want in the final edit. I very rarely wholly regret something that I said, because I've learned, don't say it if you don't want it in the podcast. Act like they're, act like the audience is listening now. And with that confidence, I am able to do a thing that I think, I don't know if that many people do, which is I go, and a couple seconds before every edit, I listen through to make sure it's correct. Once I'm done with everything, make sure I didn't grab the wrong thing, put it in the wrong place, cut something off. I'm not a pill about it, but no. I spend 40 seconds listening to all the edits. And you know what? You know what? This one time I didn't do that. This well, not this one time. It's happened before. <laughs> That's fine. I screwed myself up because I wasn't my usual tightly wound person about going and listening to each edit. It happens, and you know what? I mean, this is the super frustrating thing about a podcast. It's like it's out there, and now the one yeah. that that you screwed up is 
on people's hard drives and it's there and they can't, it'll never get replaced there. They're always going to hear it wrong. And so now even after you, you, you do, go back, you absolutely get one shot. It's you not get even one like shot. Twitter. Like and with now Twitter, when, if you realize you had a typo six months ago, you can delete it. At least and you can delete it. <laughs> but with this, I continue to get email from right, you'll a fix podcast it. years ago where John mentioned his daughter's name, which we have long, long agreed. I said to John, look, if you don't want your daughter's name on the air, don't say it on the program. If you don't want your baby mama's name on the show, don't say it on the program. If you say it, it's going to be in the show. Right. I'm not going to go. You know how hard it is to add a beep? It's hard. You know that is? It's, it's harder than it sounds. It's, hard, it's way harder I than use, it sounds. For, for, for last week when you, I don't know, because I, I don't know if you um, I had, had a, a chance. Last week. To, I had a cuss last week. Yeah. Well, I, I bleeped it, but I bleep it with John's bleep were he he on one of his episodes oh, i didn't he, hear that part i usually listen but i didn't hear that he made a bleeping a bleep sound for uh for that show but i liked it so much i just i use it now on every show so well, anytime that we curse that's john going bleep okay i got two more observations because it's always two things with me <laughs> okay N- number one the the single hardest the single most difficult thing about roderick on the line is i'm i try really really so when the show ends there's a bell that rings. This is a, this is a podcast called Roderick on the Line. It's not this show. Right. There's a bell at the end. Yeah. It means they've got an out here and it's funny. And as it happens, there's another Skype sound at that point, which I think is the disconnect sound. And then you hear the final chord of that unreleased long winter song. And I try to match it so that you hear the bloop and then boop. Uh-huh. I try to hit the bell just so I line <laughs> that up. And I spend probably 25 seconds every week My making God. sure I get that as close as possible. Commitment. Yeah. What is the, what is the name of John Syracuse's biography? Um, you know, uh, something like <laughs> the joke is like, nobody else cares about this, but I do care about this. Right. That's, Cause I know there's somebody out there. There's a Marco out there. There's someone who will appreciate that the bell matches. Uh, I, I the, bet uh, you a lot of people do just like the star Wars, the 20th century Fox and, uh, initial opening, uh, X-Men note of the star Wars matches up and X-Men does that too. Well, you know, oh, sorry, I, I jumped ahead. No, it's the subtlest thing in the world that I didn't notice for years of watching these movies that my daughter noticed. And it's so subtle. You get bump, 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 and then it starts to, it fades out from the 20th Century Fox searchlights thing. And the very, in the very, very, very subtlest way, the X in Fox stays on screen. Oh, lit, nice. Just the tiniest bit. And you, you barely, barely notice it. It's so subtle. But like, oh, that's so cool. That's really cool. Uh, what else was I going to say about that? Uh, the other thing, you know, the other thing, I, I mean, I don't sweat it as much all the time everywhere. But like, I try to do good show notes. And like, I know that nobody cares about that like I do. But it makes me so happy when people say, hey, I like the show notes. With this show, we have a time constraint. So as you know, let's do Inside Baseball. Let's do it. Uh, with this program, we finish recording usually by yeah, 10, 15, my time mm-hmm. on Tuesdays, the optimistic day. And I immediately jump into the Ecamm app and I listen to, I, I jump, I skip with the cursor to every time one of us talks for a little while and I make notes about what we said. And I think pretty consistently, because you go to lunch and pretty consistently, I have the show notes done within 15, 20, 30, usually. If not sooner, yeah. Because we want to get this in your ear holes as quickly as possible. So that one. But other shows like, oh my God, like Rectifs and the uh, the Reconcilable Differences is another program that's not this. And do I Friday, I I do the after show notes for that, for the Patreon. And it's like, 
I don't know. Nobody cares. But then somebody cares and somebody will say, you know what? Somebody last week, one guy, one guy out there on Twitter said, you know, I read the show notes and I like them and it makes me happy. And that makes me so happy. I don't get to write very much anymore. Thank God. Ooh, glad we stopped that. Stopped, stopped writing. writing entirely. It's gone now. <laughs> I still write. I don't even write on Tumblr anymore. <laughs> uh, it's gone. The days so are gone. That's some good. Ins- you got any inside baseball you want to share? Hmm. Uh, not off the top of my head. If I come up with any, you know, I'll let you know. You 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 do the editing now, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for a while, so sorry. And so, no, no. I think you do a good <laughs> job. And we've gotten some nice uh, people seem to like that. We mostly try to do a, a full double ender now. Yeah, yeah. They like that a lot. Yeah, actually, it's bad news for me to find out that John now knows how to record his end because at some point I probably should think about doing a double ender for that, but I probably won't. I forget how we started doing that but it hasn't been that many episodes that we've done it for road work uh, definitely less than a year oh less than two months i think that we've, really? we've done no. it yeah yeah because um the time's all screwed up people were complaining and his audio wasn't great and oh, i'm talking about with john yeah oh i'm sorry okay with so you. he sends you his side oh, i i, I fl- flipped my mind around yes you and i have been doing it for a while um yeah. but he has been doing it uh, and he remembers to send it and everything. Yeah. That's why I created that Dropbox thing for you because I had to make oh, it for him. That, that does it. Cause you know, sometimes he sometimes. just saves it. He just saves the file into that folder straight away. And I think that's, then he, it, that's the only way he remembers to transfer it is that he's doing it ahead of time. There's exactly one time to send your side of a call, which is the second the call ends. <laughs> That's, it, uh, that's this is called subtweeting. I'm subtweeting a co-host of my yeah. other program. <laughs> Sometimes gets busy. Yeah, but so that's inside baseball. What else is good inside baseball? Well, I was gonna the one more thing I was gonna say about uh, the yeah. frustration of making an error in a podcast oh, God, is that the, those people there. now have it and and like you said, years will pass. But the fact is. You can go out and fix that problem in that ad. You'll go and mm-hmm. fix that probably five seconds after we're done recording now. Yep, 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 yep. And yep. you'll publish it. But, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah, 10,000, 20,000 people. <laughs> and those, so that now you'll get tweets and emails. Oh, you know, there's, yes, I know there is. But, it, but that's, a, that's a Buddhist gift. When somebody, that's a, that's a nice <laughs> is compliment. It? <laughs> it is. It is because that means somebody's listening to your show. Uh, well, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Did you ever watch Sherlock? Sure. With, uh, with Bumbleditch Cumberdam? You ever, yep. you ever, you yeah. ever watch that? Yes. The very, very, very first episode of the show. No spoilers, but it involves uh, a taxi. Well, I'm kind of spoiling it a little, but anyway, um, but Sherlock, who's very good at noticing things, notices that I think about this all the time. It haunts me. He notices that this guy driving a cab has a tiny bit of shaving cream at the top of his jowl, and he um, infers from that (laughs) that he's not loved, (laughs) basically. He infers from that that the guy probably lives alone because he doesn't have anybody in his life to say, hey, you got some shaving cream on your jowl. And I think about that all the time now. When somebody sends me a note and says, hey, you put Marine Lair, thank you, Marine Lair, and when you put Marine Lair in twice... That means they're telling me I've got shaving cream on my gel. Mm. That means they love me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. I no, get. it does. They care, right? They care. They notice, they notice, and they care, just like John Syracuse. That's right. Uh, I want to send you a screenshot, but I don't want to screw up my uh, 
I don't want to get captured to GarageBand. So Dan, um, anyway, now I'm I'm racked with anxiety because thank you, Marine Lair. Um, uh, I, I got to fix that. I no, you've got to, that. and it's like it's like a dark cloud hanging over you now. Also, I hear the garage door creaking. Ah, uh, there he it. is. There's Motorcycle Boy. I hear it this time. Uh huh. Stay gold, Pony Boy. God damn it. Oh, and the other thing is, <laughs> the other thing is. I didn't realize that I realized this, but I had a realization. So, because so, we try to have no cussing on this show, yeah. And for years and years and years, we had a very, very strict no yeah. cussing at all oh, policy. Yeah. yeah. And I realized I've slid into a PG thirteen policy that I never talked with you about, and I, I think I want to go back to the old way. Okay. Because PG thirteen. Oh Jesus! Rev that engine, buddy. Really, really, really open it up. All hundred cc's. Because <sighs> you get one f bomb. In a PG-13 movie. Usually the most upsetting thing in the movie is your kid hears an F-bomb in an X-Men movie. Mm. How, many, wait, how many can you have in a PG-13 movie? You can have movie. exactly one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. Consequently, pretty much every PG-13 movie, you can almost always be assured, does have one F-bomb in it. Well, if you have it, why not use it? You know what I mean? I don't know. You get, you get three timeouts. I'm going to use all three timeouts. I'm not going to end, if you've end got a the, if you've game got the with hidden no, with immunity idol and you don't need it, don't play it. You know what I'm saying? No, I say you have to do it. If you you're allotted one, because then they yeah. can take it away from you if you don't use it. Well, I'm going to, as I sit here, racked with anxiety, I'm going to, as they say, double down. I will try hard to stop the cusses. I can All do right. that. If you want, I'm fine with it now. No. Yeah. No, because you, you, you know what, Dan? I'm going to tell you something. I'll tell you one thing. I've evolved thing. as a person. Mm, you evolve a lot. Too, mu- too <laughs> much. you evolve? Too quick. You evolve and I don't realize it. And then you tell me something. I go, wow, you've really evolved. <laughs> um, sometimes it's really <laughs> upsetting. I should probably stop. No, no, no. Keep evolving. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that filet yang. Um, you said something a long time ago, and I don't know if you believe this. I know that as a Buddhist, it's physically uncomfortable for you to lie. Mm. You said something a long time ago, which was that you want five by five shows to be something that a teen, which we all used to be at some point, that a teen could be listening to it. Podcast for teens. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that a, that a teen could listen to, and if the parent walked by the room and heard yeah. the podcast playing, that they wouldn't say, "What are you listening to what in are there, you punk?" Listening to, yeah, and go go all twisted sister on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I keep that in mind because you know it's funny now that I've been in this racket mm. for a while. Yeah, it's unseemly to talk about how long, but I've been doing this long enough that a co-host on another program. Um, on used to listen when she was a teen. She first became aware of stuff that I do when she was in high school, which is a mind-boggling proposition to me. And yeah, that's it's weird. To think about it makes yeah. me makes me uncomfortable. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable, especially having that extra marine layer ad out there. I should be pumping up Squarespace. They're the ones who got um got oh what does one say got <laughs> unedited uh, shafted. There's no. No, see, they're all problematic, controversial, uh, problematic. I'm old fashioned and I don't. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Oh. But you know what? I, I think yeah. um, like my son knows all of the curse words. He's 11. All of them. He knows. Well, he might not know the C word, but he knows everything else. Okay. And. I, I'm curious about this PG 13 thing to him because like when he, when, 
that you were the, the one you were just talking about where you can allow one f bomb. How many s words can you have in a PG thirteen movie? That I think falls into the negotiation area. Oh, okay, okay. What about um, boobs? Boo? Are we? Can we say that? Boobs? Bazooms? Boobs is not a bad. Is boobs? No, boobs is fine to say. Prob- boobs. Mm. I think what happens is the the I think I I don't know if it's like like. I mean, I think the F-bomb is as close as they have to a rule Mm. about, like, this is the line. The line in this is you can use an F-based bomb, (laughs) you can use an F-root word bomb Uh once and exactly once. Um, But then the other stuff comes down to, I think, a negotiation um, with the MPAA people Mm -hmm. about the kind of gestalt of potentially objectionable content. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. I think. I'm not sure. I heard an interview with the woman who is the head of the rating stuff for MPAA recently. It was pretty interesting because it is very much like a human thing, like where they work this stuff out. But I mean, if you do with TV stuff, I think it's pretty, it's a lot more loosey goosey with TV and you can get away with stuff or not get away with stuff, depending on like who your standards and practices person is. Right. But with MPAA, I mean, I think they're, I don't know. I um, I think they, they draw a line at like, well, if you're going to have a ton of violence, you can't have as many bazooms. Oh, right, right, right. So, oh, you had this, this many people got, you know, exploded. So, yeah. So we can't, we, we, we're going to have to cut down on the S words. Well, we have a, I would say, I mean, I haven't listened to every episode all the way through recently, but I don't think we have that many bazooms on here. We did have a butt. We had a titular butt mm. a few weeks ago. Now, can we say butt? Yes. Okay. No, I think the, we'll be fine. One of the things that that strikes me as interesting in in this kind of in this kind of thing about what we think, especially in America, as whoa, keep keep this away from our kids, compared to what other countries think or feel about that. Yeah. Um, nudity, for example, very nudity and violence. Yes, in the eighties and nineties, so different in England. Uh, I were they way less than us? I imagine. No, I mean like the. Um, in our household, the term of art is sexy stuff. Mm, you can't watch that. There's some sexy stuff in that. Right. But, but, you know, especially nudity, just nudity, like adult nudity, right. I think is very permissive in Europe and the UK. Right. And here it's here. like, oh my gosh, no, you know, and so right. we, we have a running, we have a more, we have a more puritanical yes. evangelical base here. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. And like, over, I, I know from some degree of personal experience and a lot of anecdotal uh, stories that I've heard that beaches are very different for people in other countries yes. in Europe, especially. And that here that's they, they don't have sand deal. so much as large dirt. <laughs> that's, that's what I was talking about. But we have kind of a joke where if my son and I are watching a movie and there's even any kind of kiss, even a kiss on, on a cheek from a, a parent to a child or, or a kid kissing a puppy dog, I will jokingly put my hand over his his oh, eyes as nice. if to shield him from the horror of of someone kissing someone else. So he now does it to me uh, as yeah. well. But you know, it's interesting because like the idea of watching X Men and watching you know Wolverine. I'm not talking about Logan. Not talking about Logan. Not talking movie. about Logan. But you know, Wolverine. You know, stabbing something or someone or someone getting mm-hmm. horribly punched or blown up or something and someone lasered. Uh, in a movie from a Star Wars blaster or something like that's fine. I would never even think twice about 
someone getting, you know, blown up uh, in an explosion in a My show. My classic example is a stormtrooper being shot from far away. Right. It's like, it's the most kind of like, I mean, yes, it is violence and death, but it's like, it's so, it's cartoon violence. Yes. But, you know, like there are a handful of movies that I've wanted to show my boy that I can't show him or I have decided not to show him yet because, you know, like there is that little, as you would say, a sexy scene in it that, yeah. but, but I feel like that's also a weird double standard. Like why, why couldn't he see that? But I'm okay with him seeing a stormtrooper getting, I don't know, up. Dan, I think those are, we th- consider those, or we, we, we find ourselves considering those similar kinds of things because that's our cultural yeah. context for that. But yeah. they're actually incredibly different things. It's, um, uh, it's just funny. I've been thinking about this a lot. I made a, made a crack this morning on Twitter about the word problematic and the word controversial and how both of those words kind of bug me because of the imprecision of talking about how they make people feel rather than they make and explain why people feel that way. And, and in this case, I think there's an important, there's a very important difference, which is that, I mean, we, we can agree perhaps that there is, there are kinds of material that we don't want kids to be exposed to because they need to be little kids and not be yeah. exposed to certain kinds of stuff. Sure. And that sometimes falls under this catch-all definition of what adult situations. Yeah. Like you see that sometimes in a PG 13. Right. We're like, I mean, you know, for some kids, uh, I mean, certainly violence and blood and stuff like that is, is pretty awful, but there's all different kinds of violence. There's also stuff like, is this a story that is a little too close to this kid's life? I mean, if you, if one's parents are going through a very painful divorce, you probably don't want to show them Kramer versus Kramer. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Or Mm -hmm. maybe you do, but like you see my point there, which is like, it is very much like, you know, what are we trying to say again, this X, Y problem, what is it we're trying to solve or prevent here? Um, And in, in the case of the United States, I don't want to be that guy, but like, I do think a lot of it has to do with our particular flavor of Christian mostly Christian, maybe Judeo-Christian, but especially Christian background in the U.S. makes people, to use an old-fashioned word, prudish about certain kinds of stuff. But yeah. Like I've told you before, like my, my line for years, and this has changed a little bit over time, but is, um, you know, personal violence, the kind of like somebody threatening a sexual assault with a knife. Like right. there's all kinds of reasons, like we're not going to watch that. But there's also a phenomenon that I am going to dub, uh, <laughs> what's the phrase? It doesn't look like anything to me. You know, in Westworld? Yes. Like when what's your name sees, doesn't see the door. Right. Like it's, so, it's outside the scope of what they're supposed to be able to comprehend or know about in, in, in their make-believe yeah, world. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's a, at least a couple layers to that. I mean, the one layer is that their hardware and software processing may be able to detect something there, but there's some kind of software filtering that's causing that to not be meaningful at all or to like basically not understand what that thing is. I don't know. Who knows? I didn't wire the robots. I don't know the hosts, but in the case of a little kid, I think up to a certain age, especially there's like a, a, doesn't look like anything to me, which is that if it's something that they don't understand or don't want to understand, they'll kind of glance past it. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Violence though. See, if it's like sexual innuendo, sexiness innuendo, (laughs) that's one thing, but violence is violence. And this happens a lot on Survivor. There'll be these these really grotesque injuries 
on Survivor that the entire family goes like, as one goes, ah, and recoils. And then my job <laughs> is to watch until it's done and tell them when it's over. When, someone, when the end of Parvati Shallow's finger is sliced off on the diagonal and they just linger on it, that's not good. I, I met her. You met Parvati Shallow? Yeah, briefly in a- She's in one a, of my favorites. In a Starbucks. Oh, wow. She seems nice. Yeah, she was she very nice. She used to be a boxer. Did she lose a finger or something? Um, I, I mean, I didn't want to look more than I had to, but if you imagine looking at somebody's finger and imagine like uh, if it were a diamond shape, like the top right diamond of the fingertip and nail being sliced off. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So um, that I heard they're well, doing cool. something. Well, that's cool. You met Parvati Shallow. She's, she's on several very good seasons. Yeah, I, I, I um, this was a long time I ago. I love saying her name. I can't say it enough. Parvati Shallow. Yeah. Because the snap to grid is you want to say poverty, but it's yeah. not. It's parvity. You say poverty. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's, that's a nice celebrity brush. Yeah. Yeah. I told um, you about how I almost, almost met Mark Mothersbaugh, my all-time hero. Oh, Did I tell me tell again. You that? Oh, stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Uh, so hmm. I was at I LAX. Met Jane Fonda. Same situation. Really? Yeah. I didn't go to the party Jane Fonda was at. Well, yeah. I what was. What about you? What's yours? I was at LAX and uh, I was sitting there waiting for. That's the a, Los Angeles airport. Los Angeles airport. And I was on my way back home here to Austin. And uh, I saw a man who looked very much like Mark Mothersbaugh, who for people who are unfortunate enough not to know instantly who that is, he is the mm-hmm. founder and lead singer of Devo, which is probably my favorite band. Who's the other co-founder, Mark? Uh, Wasn't Mark the other big guy? Mark and Mark, yeah. No, Mark, Mark, who am I thinking of? Who's the other guy? Uh, Bob. Who's the other guy? Might be Bob. Yeah. But they started out in like, what, Toledo, Ohio? Yeah, something like, I think they were in the army together as I... Um, as I understand it, they were they were in the the army and um, but I think you're thinking uh, I think you're thinking of Bob Lewis. Bob, there's two Bobs, right? Well, there's Bob Lewis. There's Gerald uh, Casale, I think is how you say his last name, and Mark Mother's oh, that Bob. Gerald and oh, that um, Mark. <laughs> That's it. Oh, that Mark. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I think um, I think Jim Mother's Bob. How did you the get drums. the feeling that there was a Mother's Bob in the mist? Well, I, you know, first of all, he's he has a certain look. If you've never mm-hmm. seen him, he's he's very identifiable, and also the fact that he was wearing a fluorescent yellow shirt that said Devo on it. Oh, he's that was guy. part of the giveaway for me. Sure, okay. That's, now, that's good context clues. And and I saw him and and he went to sit down and he was he was right there and I thought to myself, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is the time where this is like a a a, a moment. You mm-hmm. know that you have a moment. Moments happen in your lives. Cinderella story. Tears in his eyes. I guess. Tear in his eye. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is when I can go over to him and I could say hello. And this would be a huge moment in my life because there was, as a kid growing up in South Florida, listening to uh, Devo, for me, it's like, I felt like the, this was, these were my people. There mm-hmm. was other people out there who were, who I could identify with because I certainly couldn't identify with any of my, uh, my friends in this way. Like I had friends, but they weren't weird. There was no weirdness. And the, these guys were like a bastion of hope for me. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I was like, wow, the, the, I, this is like my chance to go. And what would I say? I would say, 
thank you so much for, you know, for what you do uh, and what you've done. And your music has had a tremendous impact on my life. And it, 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 I connected to it and to you guys in a way that I couldn't connect with anything else. And I kind of was rehearsing it. I'm like, but also I don't want to be that guy because I, I know. quickly saw it. You got to you got to be thinking he gets this all the time. That's and right. And like now awkward, I'm, just the moment some guy walks up with a big grin looking yeah. right in your face is like a triggering event. I, it re- And then like, and it's not going to be, I don't didn't think it'd be special to him in any way. It's like, yeah, some guy came up to me in an airport and said a thing and then left. Like yeah. he's, that's, it's got to happen to him all the time. I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I also didn't want to get like, I don't, I don't really get like tongue tied or anything, but I could predict that it might've happened because it's like, this was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I just never went up to him and I didn't say anything to him. And then not long after that, I myself because you know, I know this happens too a lot because we're hu- you and I are huge celebrities and wherever we go, we're mm. ad- admired. And But people do come up to me sometimes and say, hey, you're Dan. I'm like, hey, yeah. And, we, and we'll get into have a conversation. I love that. I love yeah. it if somebody recognizes me and says hi. Well, the level we're playing at, it's still such a thrill. It's such a thrill for me. Yeah. And yeah, I lo- absolutely love it. Like, even if you're like, oh, that show you do with uh, with Merlin is great. I'm like, thank you. Like, that mm-hmm. makes my month when that happens happens best and i I, then after i was thinking about it later i'm like i should have just gone up because maybe it would have made his day i I was such a loss and by the way the rest of the devo guys then showed up oh my god they were all on the flight uh and and i didn't say it you know i feel your pain but you know on some level you did the right thing you know i I think i I have a come to think of it merlin i think and if there is i'll use it for our show art I could swear that that I took a picture oh, or no. someone took a picture oh. like a selfie with him in the background or something. Mm. I'm going to try and find I'll try and find it. I feel we have covered this ground before, at least from from my POV. I feel like there is there's one thing that you can say in that situation and it's very important that you say it in a certain way. So imagine how you would approach somebody if you found okay so let's say let's say you had found what appears to be somebody's boarding pass that you saw them drop mm-hmm. walking away from the counter yeah and you were going to walk up to a stranger and say oh i think this might be yours and they say thanks and you walk away right right yes. like imagine the tone of the completely non-creepy that's so nice tone of oh, yeah yeah i think you i think you dropped your boarding pass this is yours okay thanks have a good have a good flight now instead of that say i really enjoy your work thanks mm. Now, you, now, if you really, if you can't contain yourself, you go one level further and say, uh, your music means so much to me. Thank you very much for what you do. Which is a little more personal, a little more in there. Yes. But I enjoy your work in a, in a very low tone is, is everything you need. Mm. Not least because if they want to interact with you more, they will. If they don't want to interact with you, it's one of the least objectionable things you can say because you're not screaming and pointing at them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but like, how do you know if your your voice is going to crack or something you like, you know? Well, you don't. That's why you've got to sit. That's why you must adopt the tone of the boarding pass title. The tone of the boarding pass retrieval <laughs> is, is not, I'm going to go up to you and go, hey, is that dress felt? Well, it is now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or uh, <laughs> that's a nice jacket. It would look better on my floor. Like you wouldn't say that to a stranger. Unless you're a pickup artist and you want to hypnotize people with your rings. But if you imagine the tone of this being, I'm going to go and I'm going to say this one sentence that doesn't even require a response. 
And I bet they're going to be so relieved that that's all someone said to them. Yeah. In that same quiet tone of voice. Yeah. Because probably nobody's quiet in an airport. Everybody's yelling. People are screaming. I don't know. I don't know what is happening today that nobody can <laughs> hold a phone to their ear and talk. In my neighborhood, people carry their giant, giant Samsung phones at approximately sternum level, <laughs> screaming while they walk down the street on speakerphone. They're not even on a call. Happened. They're not even making a call. <laughs> people in my neighborhood, I'm going to leave it at this because I don't want to get in trouble, but it's a thing in my neighborhood and it is loud as heck. Notice there I said heck. <clears throat> you know, I feel you though. It's hard because you want a little piece of that, but... Yeah, and I don't, you know, it's weird because afterwards <clears throat> I was thinking, what what would that like have really done? Like, would it have made his day? Maybe, maybe not, mm, you know, yeah. pro- I'll say probably not. Um, would it have made my day? Probably. But why? Like, he's not going to re- really, he is not going to well, like in a week. This isn't going to sound, this isn't going to this isn't going to sound nice. It's not nice, but it captures the tone. If you were sitting somewhere in public on a seat minding your own business Mm -hmm. and somebody came up and like essentially demanded your attention to ask for a dollar like what would your feeling be about that now it depends on where you live now in some places that could be kind of upsetting right if you're not used to that kind of thing that happens here like many times a day so you get kind of used to it but if somebody came like up to your space and asked you for something that you were now going to like that they were going to get something that you have that for some people, that interaction is very, very awkward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I'm saying like, you want to put yourself in that position. Well, in some ways, not, not you, but someone who goes up to somebody and like ask them for something, they're asking them for something. It, you're taking something kind of away yes, from that person. No, that, case, you're that making an excellent point. Just their privacy and desire to be left alone. Hey, let me just say this. Here's one thing. If somebody's with their family, especially, or they're eating, don't talk to them. Don't I totally agree about the eating thing. And I, I have never, um, never had that. And I've never done that. And I, but there is something weird. Like if you're sitting with your family or you're sitting in, and eating to have someone sort of loom over the, I've seen this happen to other people yeah. where like someone sort of, and now they're like in, there's something very personal about sitting at a, t- <laughs> at a table and eating in public. I, though. Yes. Like you, you all have this same equal amount of, you know what I mean? It's an interesting situation that you, there's not many situations like this anymore. Like we don't wait in lines, like we're online, as you say, like we used to, we don't have to be in public with others as much as we used to, unless we're in line for something mostly. Yeah. But like the idea of going somewhere and having strangers seat you at a table and bring you food and everybody's doing exactly that same thing is an interesting kind of classic old school interaction. But like you would never just like walk up to somebody and just start talking to them at another table. Like that would be really weird. Yeah. If there's, there's a couple out on a date. You wouldn't just go up and start asking them if how they like the bread or whatever. But so like when I was, you know, my story, one of my stories was uh, I was, uh, grew up in Cincinnati, big red machine. And we were, my mom and I were out to dinner at Pete Rose's restaurant. Nice. I think it was called Pete Rose or the Pete Rose restaurant. And Pete Rose was there. It happened to be there. And I said to my mom, I want to go talk to Pete Rose and I want to go get his autograph. And even then she said, wait till he's done eating. Mm. Now, if you're Pete Rose and you're eating in the Pete Rose restaurant, I don't think you should be surpassingly surprised. If I have a meetup at the comics <laughs> shop and somebody <laughs> talks to me, I'm not going to say, why are you here? Uh, he's right. in his titular restaurant. So I don't feel too weird about it. But yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a very interesting guy. He eventually went to the, uh, didn't he go to the Phillies? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I don't he, know where he, he moved... ended his career, but yeah, I think he was in I the Phillies. I think gambling. Um, he... <laughs> Anyways, he, I believe, moved from third to first. He played first um, in Philadelphia, I believe. Now that's yeah, in your era, right. in your uh, in your era. Yeah. You oh that? yeah. No, I I saw I saw some Phillies games where he was playing. Yeah. And I don't he, remember. He what became he, a coach, I think. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me what um, <laughs> what position he was playing. I thought he was shortstop, but who the hell? I know. No, man, his age, his I size. No. Third base. Third base. Man, he was. God, he was crazy on third base. Remember, he'd always dive head first into the, into the second base. Oh, so exciting. Um, so that's Pete Rose. I met Pete Rose. I had two interactions with Pete Rose in Cincinnati. Saw Johnny Bench one time. Uh, of course, I met the 79 Dodgers, but I won't get into that. Um, best day of my life. Dan, Dan, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Oh my God. We have, do we have three sponsors today? I think I got two, two spot. Do we have oh, good. Grace? Okay. Do we have two? Two. We have two. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, well, Christ on a Cracker, why don't you tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you, Merlin, all about FreshBooks. Mm-hmm. FreshBooks. FreshBooks. Do you remember when you started your small business? It was yes. It was no yes. small feat, I'll tell you that. Hmm. It took late nights, right? Early mornings. I remember sure. I used to wake up before, super early before work so that I could get in a little bit of time to, to write some code or whatever it was. And then all day at work, I'd be thinking about it. And as soon as I get home at the end of the day, it was back to the stuff that I actually wanted to do. And that's the way a lot of people who start their own business are. You're already strapped for time, right? You, you're already spending a ton of time around your regular job or your other responsibilities to get stuff done. Why not make things a little bit easier? And that's what FreshBooks is here to help you do. They have an amazing invoicing solution. It's invoicing and accounting software that's designed for small business owners. It's simple. It's intuitive. It keeps you way Mm -hmm. more organized than, you know, you need another task, like a hole in the head, Dan. That's so true. You have so much going on already. You don't need another, another, another hole in the head or or a hat or a task. Just get back to what you do. Let them take care of what they're good at. And so what that means is they're going to create, help you create and send professional looking invoices that you can customize in 30 seconds, and you're going to get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. That's what they're all about, making this stuff easy so that you get paid faster and you get your money sooner. File expenses, you can do that. You can also, there's the, if you get the app for your phone when you're out and you like go to a lunch with someone or you buy some, uh, some tax forms or paper or something like that, mm-hmm. you take a photograph of the receipt with the app and it'll automatically help you categorize it. They've really thought of everything and they grow alongside your business. So you're always going to have the tools that you need when you need them. You never have to learn the ins and outs of accounting. And then at the end of the year, they have a, a special thing. You just export it, give it to your uh, accountant or your CPA or whoever. And it, it, it just, it makes it so simple. They've got over 24 million people who have used FreshBooks and you can try it free for 30 days, no catch. You don't even have to give them a credit card. You just go to the URL FreshBooks, F-R-E-S-H, FreshBooks.com slash back to work and enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section when you're uh, when you're getting started there. That is the way to do it. It supports us. It supports yourself and the work that you do. FreshBooks.com slash back to work. Go check them out. Thanks, FreshBooks. Thanks, FreshBooks. Bok, bok. I'm giving myself a task in OmniFocus to fix the RTL. You're not going to forget it. Uh, it's not like you could forget still. it. You can barely forget it during the show, let alone but if when I, you're done. But if I write it down, I can keep the demon dogs at bay a little bit. Yeah. You know how that is? Yeah. 
Like you you got to do it the same way every time. It's not completely in, uh, I don't know if we say OCD anymore. It's not a compulsion, mm. but it, it should be a compulsion. Because if you, if you don't know you did it, then how do you know if you did it? Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. That's the whole point. And then there'll be no record it. of it if you don't have a, a thing that you've checked off. That's right. I touched the frog's forehead four times before I left. And then I licked the doorknob. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you know what's interesting? What's interesting? Is watching some of these old movies with my son, movies that I have really not seen for a long time. Oh, boy. 80s movies. <laughs> a lot of 80s movies, some oh, 90s, boy. even some 2000 movies. So many bosoms. There's boobs and everything. They're all over the place. They're everywhere. They were like compulsory bosoms. They're just everywhere. So like now I feel like, like okay, so Ghostbusters, he, I finally decided to show him Ghostbusters. Oh, of course, there's, Ghostbusters. there's that one oh. scene. There's that one yeah. scene. And Which so apparently he demands from the original script that he had worked on that he demanded stay in, even though it has absolutely no need, no role and nothing to do with the rest of them. And doesn't forward move the plot forward or anything like that and it's mainly just even if you know what's happening it's just mainly awkward and oh it's it very awkward asks a lot of questions about what's going on with ghost to human interaction <laughs> yes there's usually not that much formal interaction between the ectos and the persons well it breaks my heart to say uh. that this movie that i adored and thought that I still adored just really wasn't that good. It just it really it does not stand up that well. No, and I was really ready for it to be like a it's gonna be something a barrel like, of laughs. Something like like Back to the Future, setting aside the incest. Yeah, Back subplot, to the Future's great. Back to the Future stands up so well. There is there is a lot of weird tonal stuff in that, but like there's so many movies that for so many reasons are just like I mean, I hate to say this, but Ghostbusters just, it doesn't really stand up. I hate like, to say that. Then there's all the John Hughes movies that have so many problems that are so like, like thinking the way one thinks today. Like which, like, which one? Wow. Which one? I don't want to get into it too Come much. Come on, but get like, into it. Well, think about basic plot components mm -hmm. of, of especially, oh my God, of, um, not Pretty in Pink, the other one, the one that I Breakfast Club? No, earlier, uh, Long Duck Dong. Um, Long Duck Dong. Uh, that one. What's it called? What's it called? No, I can't the, think of it birthday. either. It's um, a birthday. What's it called? Yes. No, I know. Not Pretty I, Pink. Not Pretty Pink. You're killing me. People are yelling right now, Dan. Uh, it's oh the my one with God. Long Duck Dong. No, I know the one. 16 Candles. 16, 16 uh, Candles. It was is killing a, me. It's a rough watch. Yeah. I bet it is. They're... Trying, he's showing off her underpants in the bathroom. Girls underpants. Don't even get me started on Revenge of the Nerds. Wow. There's a lot going on. But see, now in the case of Ghost, yeah. But like, let's just stick to the easy topic because I can't handle it. Um, I got a podcast to edit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just Ghostbusters. It has, it's got some set pieces that are pretty good that you remember, but like, and some, some performances that are still great. I mean, you can, you can go back and watch Beverly Hills Cop and Bronson Pinchot's performance in that. While problematic, is still very, very funny. The Eurotrash surge. Oh, yeah. He yeah, coffee yeah. at the art gallery. Yeah. That's still a very, his bit with that is still very funny. <laughs> even though it's not very nice to, to people. See, see, everything's a problem in the 80s. Everything's a problem. It's all, it's all, it's all about weird coercion, you know? It's a shame. Uh, yeah, but even the Marx Brothers, you know, everybody's got problems. Let's, let's just get out of this topic. Dan, right. I got to ask you about something. Yes. Can I, can I surprise you with a topic? Yes. Go ahead, caller. Um, tell me about your water. Is your water okay? 
Oh, pe- are you affected by the muscles? I am not affected by the muscles. Um, Could you tell people about this? Because I heard about it, and I imagined you having to think about muscles in your water, and I didn't even want to think about that. Uh, What's that? Yeah, it's really weird. Okay, so <laughs> it's called zebra muscles. Zebra muscles. Yeah, someone told me about this yesterday. They're like, it is- started out as this. Our water smells super bad, and <laughs> right. we don't and taste bad. What is going on? Yes, right. Uh, I actually have a link I'll put into the show notes for this. But okay, so people were uh, noticing. I, this did not affect us because I'm kind of in Northwest Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still in Austin. I'm not like those weirdos who live in Cedar park or round rock and say they live in Austin. Shame yeah. on you guys. Shame yeah. on you. Uh, but people's water was coming out smelling horrible, like dead, the dead fish or something. And apparently yeah. what happened was these things called zebra mussels. I guess they had, for some reason, died in mass and were in front of the intakes because we get a lot of our water from. Because mussels, I think of mussels as like nesting in little muddy walls. Yes. Like when I've gone gone out like looking for mussels, you like dig around in you know, like the muddy side of a river or something like that. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. So they were there. First of all, it's an invasive species, these zebra mussels. And they were infesting the raw water supply system. And they did it very rapidly. Like they came from nowhere and took over and it was disgusting and it made the water smell. Now, even though the water was treated and everything else, it, uh, I guess it's not harmful, but it just smelled really bad. Ugh. And, um, and so, uh, it, it was, goes through, we have 4,000 miles of pipes in the city. So even though they like flushed it out and got rid of them and everything else, like it was still stinking. Like just, it's like the podcast, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's like your, your podcast, you're still getting it even after it's been fixed. And so eventually yeah, 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 yeah. It, it flushed out, but it didn't affect us in, in my house. It wasn't here oh, at good. the office good, either, good. but yeah, uh, it's really gross. And these things, if you look at them, they are disgusting looking too. They have little hairs coming out. Of yeah, the they're nasty. Like, why is that? Anyway, invasive species. So, you know, blame mm-hmm. this on the, on the kid that brought one from another thing. And his mom said, get rid of that. And he flicked it into the lake. And now we have <laughs> zebra mussels. So like kids flushing their hamster down the toilet. Same situation. Ah, they just now, live in the sewers. They're in the pipes. They're like chuds. Do you remember a oh, cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller? Yeah, yeah, great yeah, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you remember the like legend that like uh, alligators were living yep. in the in the sewers New of New York or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah was but they were like massive, massive super alligators. Supposedly were living in there. <laughs> right, they were like fifty feet long down under there. It couldn't have been that there was an actual just a regular alligator who was somehow malnourished, trying to you know subsist <laughs> without sunlight and feeding off rats. These were had to be monstrous, you know, genetically modified, radiated, yes. irradiated alligators. They were like, yeah, exactly. They were all the radiation in the sewers. <laughs> right. I was thinking of that episode of The Simpsons from the early, early in The Simpsons when Homer opens some package from China. Yeah. And like a mosquito flies out and like it causes havoc i always think about that i opened up a, a box with lime of lime juice i don't know where it was packed and this big spider came out really? last week and i, I mean last week the simpsons yeah and i smashed it i was oh like ah, ah, ah god that could be you know well you think that's that a good situation nightmares imagine, imagine having a big hairy spider in your bananas can you imagine that oh my god well they come from other places they don't come from austin the bananas 
yeah, from, but from uh, Chile. I I expect that the spiders are to be removed before they're shipped. Oh, I would expect the spiders to be stripped. I think that depends a lot on like where you're where you're getting your stuff from, you know. And I, you know, I'm gonna bet you dimes to donuts. The closer you get to something quote unquote organic, the more likely you're gonna get a spider. Uh, you know, because right. they're not they're not squirting uh, poisons and stuff. Well, thanks for your concern about the water. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't have that. Some no, Boston I, people I know were were saying it was really gross. Apparently, it was very gross. So, I guess well, you got a shower that. in that too, and then you come out. Do you smell like that after the shower? I don't think I'd like that. I don't think no, I'd like it at all. No. And you know, we, you don't realize how beholden we are to those kinds of public services. Like when the power goes out or the internet goes out, like you kind of know it's short term and it kind of sucks, but like, it's not like your, your life is over at that point. But if you don't have water, like fresh water. Oh like, yeah. But that's it's, like, the well, it's, it's also, it's also crazy. Like, as I mentioned to Roderick lately, it's a time of year when it rains here, which means we get these little Argentine ants in the house. We recently discovered we had some kind of weevil in our um, <laughs> pantry. There's a weevil that will come, and it's like, let me look for San Francisco weevils. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a weevil infestation. Weevil. We had to throw out all the pancake mix and the cereal. We had to start all over by glass, pantry pest. Oh, granary weevil, granary weevil. That's what we had. We had the granary weevil. How do I spell that? G- like, like a granary, like you'd have grain in, G-R-A-N-A-R-Y. Granary Pantry weevil. moths. Yeah, granary weevil. Oh, look, look at, ooh, they're not. Now, we had to get rid of all of our, uh, all of our stuff. We had to start over. Yeah, you don't want that. You can eat the yes. weevils. Sure. I mean, you can eat anything's food if you're hungry enough. But I mean, they're just an additional yeah. source of protein, really. Um, yeah, I'm interested in that. Uh, hmm, this is at Omega Termite and Pest Control. The most common pantry pests are the Indian meal moth, cigarette beetle, drugstore beetle, and the rice weevil. This sounds like some kind of Ninja Turtle super team. Why would they create a certain weevil just for drugstores? I mean, if it's a chain, I mean, if you've been following what happened with Theranos, I mean, they thought that was going to be their pathway. They thought we're going to get this into every, we're going to, one one thousandth of the sample you need. Maybe this kind of weevil, you get into a drugstore and you need a lot fewer of them to eat up your grains and whatnot. You don't need as many. Other, you know, like a mom and pop drugstore might need very large weevils or more weevils. This one will have smaller weevils and have an equivalent effect. Now, when you worked at, Win, not Winn-Dixie, where'd you work? Publix. Publix. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Pump the brakes. When you worked at Publix, you certainly must have had moments when you encountered critters. Yes, but like, not like as much as you would think. over in the bulk food section after closing? You never saw anything in bulk food after closing? I mean, no, it really, I, I have to tell you, the Publix that I worked in, we really- Very, very clean? Yeah, they didn't, I didn't it's see a hard. lot of that. It is hard. I do not go to the bulk bin. <laughs> Bulk, bulk bulk bin. Bulk I, don't, bin. I don't. I don't go to the bulk bin, bulk bin at a grocery store for a lot of reasons. Well, you got to get the plantain chips from that, though. That's the okay, one. Okay, but exception. think about this. Think about this. You open up that lid. Yeah. God, I hope you use the scoop. Of but course. Think you about how easily. First of all, a hand could be in there. No, I know. A hand could go right in there. Like, and there's kids walking by. They might lick it and put it back in just because they want the salt. We're not even getting into the critters that inhabit a grocery store after it closes. I'm just saying. I had a spider in my lime juice. La la la. Mm. It wasn't. Um, mm. Trying to think of uh, of who was in that. Yeah, wasn't it Matt Dillon who was in the drugstore weevil movie? Yeah, yeah. But you go, you go like door to door looking for drugs. You go in there. Yeah. They have signs now at my Walgreens that say uh, say. Um, what does it say? It has it's one of those funny like two terse signs that could use more articles and conjunctions. 
but it says something like, um, <laughs> it says something, I almost took a photo because it says a big red sign in front of the, you know, this pharmacist stands up five feet above you. There's a big red sign that says, select drugs in vault. And I was very tempted to say, yes, please. I'd like to select some drugs. <laughs> so you guys could have phrased that better. Yeah. But they don't want people going in there and getting the meth. I go there because I just want my Claritin D like a gentleman. Got to give my driver's license. Ugh, what a state of affairs. Um, but and then you, know, you feel I, like you're doing, but Merlin, then you feel like you're yeah. doing something wrong. I know. I, my daughter was with me. And I, she says, why do you have to do that? I said, because they don't want me to make meth in the bathtub. Because you can imagine how effective the meth would be from 30... 12-hour caplets of Claritin-D. Boy, I bet that's some great math. I mean, is that where people are, what people are sourcing it from? Well, my beloved ephedrine. The reason they stopped, stopped selling my beloved ephedrine is because people would go and just buy, apparently, like pallets of it and then make other drugs out of it. I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing. With any of the useful cold medicine, it's either abusable and or, like with the cough medicine, it's abusable. And then with the stuff like the stimulant stuff, I think that can get manufactured into other kinds of drugs theoretically. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, that's why America sneezes. Sickening. We don't have too much else here. I've got some nice, I got two listener letters. Mm. And uh, let's see. Let's save Ira on Amazon for another week. Um, Why don't you tell me about one more thing that you like? Oh, sure. I would love to tell you, Merlin, all about... This uh, this one of our newer sponsors, yes. uh, link, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and they're LinkedIn. here. You know, a lot of people think of LinkedIn as just being like a sort of businessy, social networky kind of a thing, but that's not what I'm here to tell you about today. Hmm. I'm hmm. here to tell you about what they are doing uh, to help you find new employees to hire the right person, because that's something that if you think about it, they really have a handle on. Um, finding the right person to fill a role is one of the biggest challenges, especially if you're in a small business. It's not like, you know, I remember when I worked at a big company and we were hiring people all the time, you could hire someone. And if they didn't work out after a few months, like, eh, no big deal. They didn't work out. We'll find mm-hmm. someone Hiring's else costly, to fill the role. Dan. Hiring is very costly. Man, when it is your own company and I, I have had a number of employees and I've been pretty lucky because they've been pretty great, but there it is such a challenge and i didn't you know there was one time i hired someone they were not a good fit and it is a huge setback it's tons and tons of lost time and probably all the time you're thinking about money. whether or not to do that you're not hiring somebody that is a really good point you're spinning your wheels and so you know what are you doing as an employer are you like really going to like hang out on job boards is that like the fun thing to do is that how you want to spend your time let's go to the job board i can't wait to get mm. in tomorrow morning and like look at the job boards and like post on them all and all. no i and that's what linkedin is here to say there don't leave finding someone great to chance when you can post your job to a place where people are already going, they're going there to make connections. They're going there to grow their careers. They're going there to discover job opportunities. LinkedIn is the place that is doing this. And uh, most LinkedIn members, they haven't recently visited the top job boards, but nine out of 10 members are open to new opportunities. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. 70%. Here's some facts. Oh, interesting. For you. That's an interesting spin on that. Se- 70% of the US workforce on Even LinkedIn. Even if they don't know they're looking, they might be. They're open, open to it. They're open hmm. to hearing about it. And so let me just 70% of the US workforce on LinkedIn, posting on LinkedIn, this is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of those people. 70% 
of the U.S. workforce is already there. And this is people who are, they're qualified for the role. They're open to hearing about something new. It really is the best way to find somebody to help you grow your business. And you know what? There's another fact. A new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. So this is what you can do. You can go to linkedin.com slash back to work and you'll get 50 bucks off your first job post. Not bad at wow. all. LinkedIn.com slash back to work. It's the only place you can go to save 50 bucks. Do it. Oh, they want me to say terms and conditions apply. So now I've said terms that. Apply. So mm -hmm. go and check that out and, uh, and find someone who's actually good and hire them. Make everyone happy. LinkedIn.com slash back to work. Go check it out. Hey, thanks, LinkedIn. Bok, bok. Want to do a couple quick uh, letters here? Let's do the letters. Um, actually, you know what? Let me just do that. We're running a little, little long. I don't well, We can talk as long as you want. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I have one nice note. Oh, I would love to I, hear your note. Well, then I, I don't have that much after that. Then we'll be so, done. It's why I have like almost 57 minutes. Yeah. Almost. I mean, I, there was I a, thought this was um, a nice note and I wanted to share it. I'm going to redact the listener's name. Um, so we talked last week about a listener, listener Zarek, I believe. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Kind of from, to, uh, from, well, from he told Spock's me how to pronounce his name. He said it rhymes with Eric, which was super helpful. Yeah. Um, ask us if podcasts can be evil. Right. And we talked about that and got some nice responses from people who were saying some, some nice things about it. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to hear how many people are broken like me, title, uh, who <laughs> have little friends that live inside their iPhone that they listen to. And I think, what, where, where do we arrive at it? I mean, you know, no, podcasts aren't evil unless the content is evil. Anything can be evil. Don't love the word evil. Prefer to avoid the word evil. Kind of advocates responsibility for doing bad things. Uh, but yeah, certainly anything can be abused, whether it's Claritin D or my brother, my brother and me, whatever it is, certainly, you know, uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. A listener named Redacted said, um, I'm writing to you regarding back to work 412's discussion about whether or not podcasts can be evil. I appreciate that listening to podcasts to the exclusion of other activities can be and is a problem for some, but for others such as myself, listening to copious amounts of podcasts is genuinely therapeutic. I feel you. I'm an autistic adult who leads a cloistered life. Apart from my most immediate family, I have no friends or acquaintances to contact or engage with. I'm unable to work. Hmm. So there's not even Airsats office friends. I may not be the most sociable person by nature and affliction. I do have social needs that need to be fulfilled. Hell yeah. And podcasts are the perfect pressure and stress-free delivery mechanism for said needs. Uh, as, as pathetic as it may come across, no. When I listen to podcasts, it really does feel that I'm sitting in the room with very close friends. In fact, I feel a closer and more intense connection to most podcast hosts uh, of my favorite shows because I've spent more, quote unquote, time with them than most people in meat space. Obviously not an ideal situation. Um, if podcasts are a vice, moderate your consumption, he says TLDR. If they're therapeutic, just make sure it doesn't keep you from having enough time to focus on other things that bring you joy or need addressing. Thank you to listener... Uh, name redacted. I yeah. appreciate uh, your sharing that with us. And I think, I don't know. What do you think? Isn't that kind of a nice note? I mean, it's a super nice note. I mean, and I think I'm not immune to what this listener is talking about. I feel like, I mean, I don't, I couldn't put myself on a spectrum, but like, I certainly, 
I don't know. I don't even want to get too into that, but just to say that sometimes I don't want to be around people either, or yeah. I'm a little overwhelmed by people, or the demands of social interaction can be way too much for me too. And I, I don't know. I feel a commonality here with our listener. I can totally sometimes associate Sometimes it's nice to it. have little friends that aren't demanding of you, and you can have your own little bond with. And I, I don't know. That just moved me. It was affecting to me, and I thought that was a really nice note. I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that you read the note. I agree as well. And there's something also... I think everybody, even even the most extroverted people, I, I would imagine, benefit from some downtime, right? Like mm-hmm. some time away from other people. And what's wonderful about a podcast, especially one where there's camaraderie with the hosts and where they've been doing it for a while, you can really fall in and, and get into the, the mood of it. And but you can turn it off. You can make it yeah. stop when you want to make it stop. And that's the genius about it. If you don't like the topic, it. you can skip that episode. Right, if you don't like exactly. the guest, you can skip that episode. But I, I, I know this is a very uh, somewhat different thing, but like I have attention issues and dopamine issues. And I can just tell you that there are times, um, this is self-reporting, but I, there are times when I just need to focus on one thing. And, or, you know, maybe even focus on two things, but I need to know that I'm not going to be required to focus on all of the things. So sometimes for me, that might mean looking at Twitter and listening to a podcast. Often it is literally just listening to a podcast. Some podcasts I listen to while I'm not doing anything else. Others I listen to because I know it'll help me fall asleep. Like they're all, they're all different, but they all have some kind of a role. Um, They find a role in my life because I listen to them enough. And um, I don't know. I imagine everybody's a little bit like that. There are certainly the, the podcast newcomers that don't know that there are podcasts outside of Spotify. What a bummer that is. Um, but, you know, um, I don't know. I just thought that was really nice. And I, I really appreciate the listener for sharing that with us. Uh, I thought that was a great note. Keep podcasts free and independent, please. please. I want them, I want them to be. You, you know, it's, it's taken 100% of my restraint to not just I know. I know. go all out on that. I'm trying to keep my powder dry. <laughs> um, not least because some aspects of how I earn a living come from that independence, but it's also just like, ah, oh, geez, you know, the feeling there's ah, oh, geez, mm-hmm. like we've dodged so many bullets as fans of this stuff for so long. I hope we keep dodging bullets despite the great number of people with increasingly high caliber guns trying to basically destroy what makes this good. And it's just, there's been, you know what it is partly just, there's such a heightened awareness amongst consumers who pay attention about how an entire sector of our economy or life can just be destroyed. The example that we've all become somewhat equally uncomfortable with is Walmart, right? No no, no shade, no lemonade, but Walmart comes into town, drives everybody out of business, and then eventually leaves if it's not profitable anymore. Right. And then there's nothing left there. Nothing left. The town is ruined. I mean, Google, Google, what was it called? Uh, The Google, I don't say Google News, Google... Google, Google Fornicate. Google Fornicate came to town, and now there are no more hosts. Google Reader came to town and, maybe not by design, drove out the entire business of independent RSS feed readers. Yeah, what a wonderful time. That was my morning routine. Every day was get in there and and look at email and and do net newswire. I used both, and I used them for different reasons, but then Google Reader went away, like Google things do, and it isn't like there's been this big second land grab of people going to try and capture because now Facebook does that. But like, I mean, it's just, it, it's one, one reaches an age in life where one tries not to obsess over things uh, about which one has no control. But with that said, Hey, don't screw up podcasts. This is one of my favorite things ever 
Like, please don't mess it up. Yeah, I like making money from it, but like, I also really, really like the medium. The medium needs to be free and independent. And like, the folks coming to town with their carpet bags who just want to take some nickel off the ability to be a middleman, ah, it's so dangerous. I, I have serious concerns about how they figure out how to monetize that. Because once they capture that market, I don't mean to be all FUD, but once they capture a significant part of the market, it becomes a problem for everybody else. And I hope that doesn't happen. I, you know, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but like, gosh, please don't screw up podcasts. You guys, they're, they're so fun. They really are. They are every, they are trying so hard to screw it up too. They aren't that's, the first, but they're one of the biggest. But that's the thing that really bugs me is it, they are really Really trying hard to mess this thing up. They need to break the medium to make a nickel. Mm -hmm. I think there's two important parts to that because it's always two things with me. Like they won't make any money until they can figure out how to break it. And if they do break it, I have a pretty strong sense it might be nickels. Maybe not. Maybe not. There's a reason, and there's a million reasons that Gimlet got acquired. I think it's very cynical to just go, oh, Reply All comes out every other week. Why would they acquire that? Well, they acquired 100 employees. They acquired people who are doing... Um, co-branded content with big brands and all that kind of stuff. There are people who have some experience with, you know, this, the content creating industry. I think it's a, you really miss the moment to think that they're just acquiring them because they like, yes, we like, yes, yes, no. I don't think that's why it's happening. Um, but, and then the anchor thing is interesting as well here. We're talking about Spotify, but you know, it's just, I, it's hard for me to understand how they make. So these companies, these startups, they need a 10x for their investors, which has been very interesting with Gimlet. They have taken so much money. Well, I guess they got a 10x now. They got a way to pay back their investors. Good for them. That's great. Um, but on the other hand now, well, what Spotify's play? And then maybe most concerning of all, I'm not great right this moment as we sit here. I am not crazy, super over concerned with what Spotify does this moment. I think it has the potential to be really gross. The thought I don't want to think the thing I don't want to say that actually worries me at this point is how does Apple respond? Have you thought about that? That's because mainly what I'm thinking about. Their benevolent neglect of podcasting has been such a gift that they have not screwed up podcasting in hardly any conceivable way. It's not open source, but like they are the gold standard for how people listen to podcasts, how podcasts get aggregated and found. So like, do you think or worry about what could happen if Apple decides to, I don't know, do anything different? Do you worry about that? I mean, yeah, of course. I, I mean, I, worry is probably not um, not the, the word that I would use for how I feel about it. I, I think about it a lot. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious about it a lot because the reality is Apple is absolutely... And it's almost like they don't, they don't know it. You know, it's, it's like they've forgotten about it. It's, well, it's like they left the hose running or something. Like they just don't even realize how the, the, there's this thing that their lack of fiddling with is their lack of fiddling with podcasts is largely responsible for why podcasts are so healthy right now. There's a reason everybody gives out all the douchebag, big podcasts give out their iTunes link. You know, there's a reason. Yeah, I that. mean, there really, there is something, there is something to be said, I think, for Apple's, the the way that Apple has been a custodian of podcasting. Because for, if you really think about it, 
I mean, Apple is, they own this space. They don't act like they own it. It's like they don't think yeah. that they own it. They're not aware maybe even that they own it, but they freaking they own aware. it. Yeah. They yeah, own they it and anything that they wanted to do, they could do if they wanted to, if they wanted to. Like, aren't they still like the most popular player by like an order of magnitude? Oh yeah. Way, way, way. I more. can't even, I can't even see places where spot. I mean, I think we're on Spotify, but like, I have, yeah. I have no idea how my shows do on Spotify. There's oh, not I can tell you, I've, I can, I can tell you I've because I've never there's... been able to see on the three shows of mine on Spotify. I've never had any way to know how we're doing on Spotify. I they don't I, provide stats. I, I can tell you because with Fireside, we have uh, thousands of podcasts on there and many of them um, have submitted their show through Fireside to Spotify. And so mm-hmm. I get to see the stats. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I obviously would never share anyone's stats Particular, if they hadn't yeah. given me permission to do that. And a handful of podcasts have. Um, I can tell so you. just you, give a general round oh, yeah, percentage sure. For, of the pie? There is a podcast in particular that I'm thinking of that does it. They average between 150 and 200,000 downloads per episode. They're a very big podcast. Mm-hmm. I am looking this up right now and they have given me permission to share. Don't say who it is, though. I will not, but they have given okay. me permission. I just want to be upfront about this. They've, they, in fact, they said you can, when, because I'm working on some videos that will like teach people about Fireside and like how to use the features and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so when I, uh, when I did that, I said, gosh, I really would love to use a show that would have a lot of like downloads and I could really show off what it can do. And they said, you have permission to use ours. So they're letting me do a screencast showing all their information. But here's an example on this episode, they got 237,056 downloads Shoosh. on one of their episodes. It's a big show. Yeah. Um, hope to shout. Wow. Spotify represents 667 downloads. What? 667 downloads. The buzz, the buzz that I have no way of showing one word, the buzz is single digits. That's the buzz. The buzz right. is Spotify is single digits for most people. Yes. And and this this show by far gets way, way more downloads than than most do with, with Spotify. I'm looking at another one here. Um Okay, this is a much smaller show. They get a few thousand, you know, 5,000. They've got 25, you know, downloads per episode on Spotify. It's enough, and I've looked at this enough to say, nobody's listening to podcasts on Spotify. Nobody is. It's it's as much as I will spend hours. You can tell when I'm listening to Spotify. You can tell when I'm listening to Spotify or watching YouTube because I'm posting links. So like the the other day, I think, you know, last couple days, I've been listening to a lot of Spotify, which is a joy for listening to music. As it stands right now, it's pretty painful for listening to podcasts. It's yeah, it's not great. And I'll be the first person to say that. I have every confidence that it will improve. It's just that as it is right now, it's not a super lot of fun. Here's a show that I do um, that has an okay sized audience. Mm-hmm. Overcast, 50.6. Pocketcast, 22. Um, Apple iOS podcast, 14.6. And then it's single digits after that. Mm. Now, 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 I mean, it's my friends that listen to this show. It's not surprising they use Overcast or Pocketcast. But right. um, yeah, iOS podcast is third at 14%. Yeah. And of course, we have no way of seeing how we're doing on Spotify because they still haven't provided that. Yeah. And anyway, so now they get Spotify. I, I'm a big fan of Spotify as long as they don't mess up my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> They'll screw I, it up, you guys. 
And now I'm like in that weird situation of like, okay, so technically now Spotify has acquired what is very, very much a competitor to what I spend most of my time doing now. That being Anchor. Anchor. Um, You know, despite that, well, I don't want to get into that. No, 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 no. But what I will say is- Anchor's play though, from the beginning, Anchor's play and their many medium posts about how great they are have been very much about like, you shouldn't pay for this stuff and this, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't need a Libsyn in your life or a, a Dan in your life. If they've, it's interesting. Cause like they, they're, I don't know where they plan to make money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I think I, again, I'll just say it like this. Dynamic ad insertion. Cause the yes. sure is great. Yes. That's it's so great that's to exactly get an ad for want. a local dentist in your podcast. Gross. That's exactly what they want. That's so exactly what gross. they're, what they're doing. And I will add that they have, um, you know, Anchor was a company that was created, and this is all I'll say about it. Anchor was a company that was created to be acquired. They did nothing for Mm -hmm. podcasting as an industry. They did very little for individual podcasters. They weren't even that popular of a service, according to the people that I've talked about who make make applications that people use on their phones to play podcasts. That they mm-hmm. were, ve- there were very few anchor podcasts in that space. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of confused as to why it was seen as such a wonderful service, except for the fact that they took tons and tons of money and used that money to aggressively uh, market themselves so that they mm-hmm. would be acquired. I mean, it's, it's, that's what they did. That's what they existed for. And they were very successful. They did it. They did what they wanted to do. And I'm going to put a link. The wonderful Ben Thompson, who's such a smart guy, Ben and James uh, have this recent ep- episode of Exponent called <laughs> Why Exponent Isn't on Spotify. Uh-huh. And if you never listened to this show, it's a hell of a show. Uh, I mean, Jane, or, um, Ben is a really smart guy. And uh, it's basically their take on the Spotify deal that gets, uh, gets a little bit warm at points. But um, yeah, I'm going to put that in show notes so you can check that out. We should, we've probably said enough about yeah, this. Yeah, we've said plenty. Just, you know, on the one hand, the rising tide raises all boats. As long as we're all still dealing with the independent medium of podcasting, I'm glad I'm glad there's new podcasts. I'm glad people like stuff. I discover something new every week that I like. Sometimes it's very popular polished shows from big companies. That's all great. Just I'm just saying to no one in particular, I'm screaming into the ether, just please don't ruin the medium for no no money. Ugh. Hmm. We should end on a happy note. I'm okay. going to re-up my recommendation for a podcast that I recommended last week, and I'm going to recommend it again. Uh, I recommended the show David Tennant does a podcast with. This is David Tennant, a.k.a., um, as some of you will know him as the 10th Doctor, and you'll know him from Broadchurch. He's had three great episodes in a row, his first three episodes, not least because I just really love the guests. We, as we talked about last week, he had, um, uh, oh my God. Olivia Coleman. He had Olivia Coleman on, also from Broadchurch and lots of other things. Uh, he recently had Whoopi Goldberg on. And the episode that went up today is with the wonderful Jody Whitaker, also from Doctor Who fame and nice. Broadchurch fame. So um, I'm going to recommend the show to people. You should check it out. It's really nice. Also, did you did I mention the Theranos podcast? I th- Have I talked about that? I think you did. I'll Let me mention it again. It again. Listen to, it's an, yeah, I'm sure I did. Listen to the ABC News podcast, The Dropout. And it's about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, and it's a real good listen. If you like, like I think I did recommend it as being similar to that podcast, The Dream, <clears throat> about multi-level marketing. It's it's good storytelling. Podcasts are good. Don't ruin it. 
Let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.